Welcome to Remember Your Why. I'm your host, Kristen. Many of us suffer from addiction and mental health, and we're here to talk about stories of success and recovery. Whether you're just starting out or have been on the healing journey for some time, it's important to always remember the why that brought you here to this very moment. What makes your heart tick? What sets your soul on fire? What or who inspires you? Whenever you are feeling on the brink of fight or flight, remember you have survived everything that's been thrown your way. Hold tight to that, because what is on the other side of the ugly are some pretty beautiful things that teach us some profound lessons. My hope for this podcast is that it will bring healing and peace to both my guests and the listeners, in some way, in some form. There truly is light on the other side of fear and darkness. Let's find it together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Remember Your Why. I'm your host, Kristen, and today I'd like to welcome Melissa into the studio. Hey, Melissa. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming on and joining me. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to come on this podcast. Well, when I saw you post about it and like talked about it a little bit, I thought it was awesome because I feel like not a lot or not enough people are talking about their issues with mental health and or addiction. And if they are, they're just little tidbits. Like I feel like people need to hear more about like the people that are getting sober or getting help with everything going on, that there are people like them, you know, they're not alone and everyone deserves a better life. Right. It's not very vocal, vocalized yeah. these days. Correct. Um, you just hear all the negativity parts. Um, mm-hmm. You don't hear any of the positive stories. So that's kind of, exactly. that's what we're trying to do here with this podcast. So tell me a little bit, I know you have both mental health and substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about when it all started for you? So the mental health, I was officially diagnosed, I think, in high school with depression and anxiety. Um, I think I'd suffered from it for a while before I actually figured out what it was. So I had, you know, went to therapy and and got on some depression, anxiety medications. And so I still take medication for the depression, anxiety every day. Unfortunately, I don't think that's something that goes away. You just figure out a solution that works for you. So that works for me. You know, I did go to therapy on and off throughout the years. And right now, knock on wood, I don't think I need the therapy. Um, I do other things. My addiction with alcohol and a little bit of drugs, I think started maybe in my 20s, but really picked up in my late 20s. And that's when it became a problem. That's when you knew something's going on here. Yeah. Like, I wasn't drinking and drugging like everyone else. It wasn't, right. you know, social. It wasn't fun anymore. It was becoming the way of life for me. Yeah, I knew I couldn't live that way. Do you find that, see, for me, I felt it was more escaping kind of myself. Do you feel mm-hmm. similar that that's how 100%. you felt? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like I was escaping all emotions too, like sadness, happiness, like mad, you know alcohol was the solution for everything that happening in my life. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Tell me a bit about the height of your addiction when things were, were the worst and you knew, okay, I, I need help. I'd say what probably should have been my rock bottom wasn't, but that was when I got fired from my job for drinking on the job after I got in a warning. Uh, a relationship ended because of my drinking. You know, I had to move back home with my parents. Everyone was saying I had a problem. So I, you know, decided to go to rehab 
for everyone else, not myself. Right. And um, the week leading up to the rehab, like I, you know, stopped or cut back on my drinking and I had a seizure. You know, I was hospitalized. That should have kicked off something in my brain. It didn't. I went to rehab. You know, I did everything that they told me to do there. And I stayed sober maybe for a couple of weeks after and even went to meetings. But um, I picked up drinking after all of that. And then I'd say I drank a liter of vodka every day for, I don't know, nine, 10 months. Wow. You know, I just, I feel like I was some kind of zombie. Just like that's, that was my life. I, in a blur. In a blur. I had to wake up and drink in the middle of the night. I had to drink throughout the day. I had to hide it because people thought I was sober, which from looking at me, I, I feel like you wouldn't know I was drinking because I was bloated right. and disgusting. And then I was supposed to watch my nephew and my um, si my sister's sister-in-law's kids while they went to a wedding and they were all getting ready and I started to have my second bout of seizures and then this one just didn't stop and it wasn't because I stopped drinking I think my body was just like you're done like that's shut this is down it. yep you know I was hospitalized I was intubated I had restraints on um, I was there for three days I don't remember any of it but that that was the that height was of, the, the height the, and my bottom the rock bottom that you that was definitely to hit. the rock bottom and yours was extreme seizures yeah I mean that's oh yeah they like kept giving me the Ativan, you know, to stop them and it wasn't working. Wow. Yeah, it was. That's heavy. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was bad. And, and so that was kind of the moment you decided, let's turn this around and actually live. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to say that that second bout of seizures was God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself because at that point in my addiction, I really didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to live like that, but I physically was addicted and I couldn't stop. And I was, I think, too proud to say I had been drinking and too proud to say I needed help. So God was like, okay, you know, you're done. You, this is, if this doesn't, you know, knock some sense into you, I don't know what will. So like when I got back home, I was like, I have nothing else really to live for. And like, like nothing else. Yeah. Everything was just going wrong. So I needed to do something. Something. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a misconception, too, that people don't realize that we are physically addicted. Oh, yeah. Know, like a lot of people, I had the shakes. I got sick. Yeah. People but... think we just do it. We drink and we drug to do it. Right. Which is, is not the case. We right. Our maybe, bodies... it, maybe it starts out that way, like you're mentally addicted. But for me, at least, I physically was addicted to it. Right. You needed you needed mm -hmm. it to to live, which yeah. sounds so crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, that's unfortunately <laughs> the, the, the route for us with addiction that, that we take. Describe for me, well, you kind of touched on it with the seizures, an ugly moment that you feel comfortable sharing where you can now ask yourself, did, did I survive? And you can honestly say, yes, yes, I did. I survived that moment. I, I think it was that second round of seizures. Um, mm. Like... I think it was just like a continuous amount of seizures. And um, like I said, I was hooked up to all these machines, intubated, like it not like, I don't know, an induced coma, but I wasn't awake for a while. My parents had to come to the hospital and my mom took a picture of me when I was like that. And it was horrifying seeing that picture of me. My, like I looked awful. My hair was a mess. Like literally just, my hands were restrained to the bed um, because I kept seizing. And 
it, it, it's amazing that I did survive that because my body was just shutting down. Like my liver was, was not working well. You know, they ran all these tests and they're like, if you keep drinking, like you're not going to live. You're going to so, die. Um, you're going to die. Yeah. So like that, I like to keep that, that moment, you know, very present in my mind. Cause like, if I pick up a drink, that's where it's going to lead back to. And I don't know if I'll survive the next time. Right. You are doing very well right now. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. What's going on in your life right now? So I, in, in my sobriety journey, I met a man who is now my husband. I went back to school for nursing and I'm now a registered nurse. And I had a baby in um, 2022. And yeah, things I mean, are on the upside. <laughs> things are looking up. I started a new job next month as a nurse. I don't know. I'm just like happy and content with my life. You know, I, I like where I am in life. I have really good relationships with everyone that I'm either friends with or related to, which wasn't the case before. Yeah, I just just want to keep living this way. I don't want to go back to the craziness that was before with addiction. And looking back on that, did you ever imagine you would be no. in the position you're in right now? Not. I couldn't even imagine going like an hour without drinking, let alone a day or a week or a month or years. And now I'm I'm over five years sober, and it's blows in my mind because right before I got sober, I was just like, okay, this this is my life. I'm just gonna drink a bottle every day. Like I didn't think I could get sober and stay sober. It's it just we become wasn't... complacent. I feel yeah, that's yeah. a good word. We become mm -hmm. complacent with what our life is. Yep, and that's our norm. Yeah, that was my normal. Yeah, I couldn't. I still like I, when I look back on it, like I can't believe I, I was doing all those things and I was that person. And um, yeah, the way I am like live now is just like so much easier. Like I don't have to lie all the time or hide anything. Right. You know, I could go out and enjoy all that life has to offer and be sober to enjoy it. And it's amazing. And that's something I'm glad you touched on that because that's something that I want the listeners to hear is that you can turn your life around. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you're not, you may feel stuck, but you can turn it around and make that positive change. A hundred percent. And like, I definitely didn't think I could in the beginning. I thought there was no way like my life was going to get good. And, you know, I, like they say, like, I, you know, I go to meetings in Alcoholics Anonymous and they just say like, you know, one day at a time. And Really, like that's the mentality you kind of have to have at the beginning, at least, and even now. But definitely in the beginning, that like just for today, don't drink. Just for today, like do something small, and those days add up, and then life starts to happen and get better, and you're able to create this new life for yourself that you never thought was imaginable. Um, it's it's crazy. It's still it, like it is my mind. It, I know that's how I feel too. I'm just like, wow, this is yeah. really happening. Yeah, this, this I, we did this. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's we crazy. can. It does happen. It does happen. So uh, switching gears a little, I know you mentioned not having great relationships with with family members and, and loved ones. Mm -hmm. Can you recall a time that you realized a loved one was deeply affected by your addiction? And looking back now, how would you do things differently? I'd say there's a there's a bunch of times, but um, I think I mentioned it earlier when after I had that second seizure. I was sitting down with my family and, and all, even just the looks on their face towards me would, was heartbreaking. Uh, that alone, you know, 
was so upsetting. But my sister telling me she didn't trust me anymore to watch my nephew, who was like the light of my life at the time. And and like that was just heartbreaking. And because you don't want to hear that, you know, you don't want to hear that no one no one trusts you anymore. But they right. had every right not to trust me. I was lying up the wazoo. You know, it took a long time to get that trust back, but it, it did happen, you know, and um, you can build back on those you relationships. You can build back. Exactly. And, um, you know, I also remember a time when I was, you know, living with my parents and um, I don't even remember what had happened, but I- I'm sure I was just being an ass. And uh, my mom just got so fed up with me and that she kicked me out of the house. You know, if I wasn't drinking and lying, like all that wouldn't have happened, you know, like, or, or it was always like tiptoeing around me because on of egg me. Like, on eggshells. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she screamed at me. And like, I've, that was, I've never heard her like, get so angry and so upset towards me. Yeah. And like, our it, families, it was, they have enough. They, they, they were, <laughs> they were reaching their limit. And, uh, you know, but they didn't give up on me, which was amazing. And, and I needed that, you know, I needed their support. They may have not trusted me, but they were doing everything they could to get me help. Do you feel that parents, say parents are listening right now, or mm-hmm. loved ones, and they have someone suffering from addiction? Do you feel that they should have that talk with the addict suffering? Have that that deep talk, which is very difficult, you know, mm-hmm. of course, but it can make a world of difference when you think about it. So I I do. And yeah, it is definitely good at like a hard conversation. But the way that um, I feel like my parents and friends approached me about it wasn't the right way. Um, you know, they kind of just like told me and yelled at me like that I had a problem that I needed to get help. Like they didn't talk to me. You know, I, I wish they would have sat down with me and, and you know, said, do you, you know, is everything okay? Like, you know, we noticed you've been drinking or drugging more, like you just don't seem like yourself. Um, is there anything we can do to help you? Like, do you want to get help? Yeah, Things I like feel that, they, you know? they go more aggressive and negative yeah, um, rather than comforting and right. letting letting us know that, oh, someone's in my corner yeah. with this. Exactly. And like, because, you know, in my mind, like I, I was new to it too, you know, I didn't really know or understand like all the things I was doing or how I was behaving. So like when they just came at me, it was, it was too much. And I'm like, F them, like, I don't have a problem. I'll show them I could like still live my life and, and continue the way I am. Right. Which I couldn't, but. So tell me about a time that you've had now in sobriety. Well, I know you have a baby now and you're married. So those are probably two very poignant uh, moments. Uh, But what Mm -hmm. is a memory that you'll never forget happening? Uh, Was it in early sobriety? Was it later in your journey? Um, Um, Something that just really stands out to you that you that you kind of always can look back on and remember? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, besides the, you know, getting married, having a baby and everything. Actually, it's it's funny. This it's like a little moment, um, but it was really big for me. And it happened early in sobriety. I think, I don't know, maybe I was three months sober, maybe more, but early. You know, I had a sponsor. I was going to meetings. I was working the steps. And I was talking to my sponsor about um, like how I was feeling that day. And I was just telling her like, you know, I feel like calm and content and even like, you know, happy, like I'm like at peace right now. Like I was like, I don't really know like what that is. And she was like, oh, that's serenity. And I'm like, oh, Mm. 
that's what that is. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I I didn't feel that before. So I hadn't it was a new feeling for me. So it yeah. like blew my mind when she told me that was serenity. And I'm like, oh wow, this is nice. Like it yeah, feels I want good. More of this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that's more. For so long. Like I was crazy. You know, I didn't have yeah. any even slither of serenity. So that was um that was a really big moment. And like, I still remember I was in my car talking to her. Like, it's so vivid still just because like, that was a really big turning point. I think Because it's me. a feeling we we've never felt because exactly. of how just broken we are. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, people would say serenity and it's like, what's that? Yeah. No idea like, what that is. Even what's happy. What is that? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, this, that's how it is for us it until was... we, we get on that healing journey. Mm-hmm. And you Those... have how many years of sobriety now? About five and a half. Five and a half. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So what would be the best piece of advice that you would give others dealing with both mental health and, and addiction? Well, I mean, I'd say that there is an easier, softer way of living. You know, I was so ashamed and embarrassed of everything I did, everything I was. And I think I didn't speak up for so long because like I thought I was going to be judged so much for it that like people were going to look at me like I was a piece of shit, you know, and and that I wasn't going to get the real help I needed. So like I didn't speak out, you know, saying I had a problem with both mental health and addiction, like huge weight off my shoulder, like just by admitting it and like actually believing it myself. And once I admitted it, like it, it got easier, you know, with addiction, I started slowly sharing about, you know, things I had done or how I acted. And like I said, you know, I was so worried I was going to be judged, but every person was like, oh yeah, I did that. Me too. Like, oh my God, (laughs) I've done so much worse. And it was, it was never, there's always something worse. It was always something worse. And it was, it was, it was always a safe space. And like that comforted me so much because for the longest time, like I, no one else was doing what I was doing or acting how I was acting or drinking how I was drinking, but these people had, and then they're not anymore, but they're all smiling and laughing and joking and having a life. You found people with I found the similar yeah, mindset. Exactly. And they, you know, loved me until I was able to love myself. And, and that's um, huge. That's very huge. key. You know, and there's a million different ways to get help, you know, and you got to find what works for you. But there are, like I said, a million ways to get help. And like, I feel like people need to know that, you know, you could Google how to get mental health help, how to get addiction help and like go through the things, you know, go try out so many resources, so many resources. It's just hard to admit it. That's Mm -hmm. I think the first step. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you have to admit you have a problem and it doesn't matter how many people tell you you do until you fully admit it. That's how I felt. Like until yep. I could admit it. Yep. You won't be able to make that change. Correct. Yeah. I, I had to believe I had a problem and I had to have the mentality that like I did want to change because, you know, I tried getting sober for my family and it didn't work because like I didn't want that. Right. So like, yeah, you have to be willing and have to accept what you are, where you are, all of that. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is accepting that this is me, you mm-hmm. know, this is who I am. I have these problems, but I'm still me. I'm still a human, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it was, it was definitely hard to accept that I was an alcoholic just because always in my mind, I thought of an alcoholic as, you know, some someone drinking under a bridge with a brown bag and like, you know, homeless or 
yes, you know, all those bad things, but it's not that, you know, it's an alcoholic is you and me or whoever, like it's any person in any shape or form. You know, when I, when I started going to meetings, I, I met all these different people in all walks of life that once were like me and now are not, you know, and it's crazy the mindset you had and then the mindset you have now, you know, and yes, admitting you have a problem and accepting that you have a problem is definitely like the first That's the step. first, yes. Um, you know, and then just doing whatever you can to get better, you know, not giving up on yourself, which is hard, but that's why, you know, you surround yourself with people who can help you with that. Yes. Who are going to love you until, like you said, you love yourself. Until you yeah. love yourself. And I think that's very important to remember. Okay. So we're going to do something fun. Okay. Fill in the blanks. Oh boy. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I am blank, I feel most like myself. When I am, I feel like working my program, I feel most like myself. And by working my program, I mean going to meetings, talking to other sober people, you know, doing some kind of meditation and or prayer and, you know, trying to better myself every day, you know, not just wallowing in self-pity and stuff like that. So when I'm working my program, like a good program, I I feel like myself. And that's great. Um, a lot of people don't look at Alcoholics Anonymous as maybe an outlet to go to. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell somebody who's who's hesitant right now? Like, should I should I go to AA and and give that a chance? Um, I know it's it's worked great for you. So mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who's who's doubting whether or not they should go? Well, if if I'm this was said to me. So if someone's thinking about going to AA, you probably should go to AA. You right. know, like <laughs> not a normal person doesn't think that they should go to AA. So if you're thinking about it. You, you should sh- probably go. You should probably go. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I get it. It's scary. Like walking into a place just by yourself, like it, it's terrifying, but you can go, you could sit in the back. You don't have to talk to anyone. You just can just listen, listen you know, yeah. and, and see if you like what you hear, you know, you don't have to stay there. You can go try another meeting. I'd say if you don't like your first meeting, don't give up just yet because there are a million meetings all over the world um, in person and on Zoom now. You know, you got to find, for me, I had to find one that worked best for me, you know, the people and and what was discussed there. And um, yeah, like, just don't be, don't be so scared to put yourself out there because I think that's the hardest part. It's okay. Like, you know, just go try it. If it doesn't work for you, no harm, no foul. You know, it was another hour of your life. Right. Yeah. All right. Next fill in the blank. My journey has led me to believe in. Myself. Ah, I love that. I did not believe in myself at all for the longest time. You know, I didn't think I could do anything, be anything, you know, become anything. But yeah, now I believe in myself. I know I can do a million different things. You know, I could do greatness if I actually want to. And that's Um, essential for sobriety is believing in yourself. Yeah, because I had no self-esteem before. And um, now it's crazy night and day. I love that. It's it's fun to just see the complete 360 mm-hmm. of our entire life, like yeah. how we feel, who we are, who we become, what we can do. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, things will come out of my mouth and I'm like, did, did I just say that? Yeah. Like, what? Like, Is who, that me? Who, yeah. Who am I? Like, <laughs> yeah. speaking positive words, it's weird. I have those weird great, moments. weird. Uh, yeah, I agree. You are never too young or too old to fill in the blank. I'd say to get help, to get sober. And follow your dreams. Right. And your favorite quote? 
it's such a simple and easy one, but one day at a time. Yes. Because for the longest time, like I needed that, you know, I, like I'd said, like I couldn't imagine going any stretch sober. People just kept saying just one day at a time or one hour, one minute. So like I, I try to just keep it simple. And, um, you know, originally it was only for sobriety one day at a time. But, I, you know, I use that now in all aspects of my life. Like my son right. was sick this week and Monday was torture, I, the longest day of my life. And he was miserable and it was so sad. And I just said, OK, it's, he's going to get better. Let's just take it. Today one day at a time. One day at a time. And, you know, tomorrow's a new day and we'll get through it. And, you know, now we're three days in and he's doing so much better. You know, it's it passes. It so, does. Yeah. And it always will pass. And I think that's something very special to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, take things one day at a time. Like you mm-hmm. said, one second at a time if you need to. Yep. That's very crucial for yeah. people suffering with mental health and substance abuse issues. Yeah. Like things, you know, you're going to feel a certain way, but it's not going to last forever. You know, you've, you've gone through a, like a million different things before you've gotten through it and you know, feelings, they're just a little part of your life. It's not like you I always thought overcome like, them. Yeah. Like I, I always thought, you know, when I woke up sick every day from drinking, like, like I'm not going to make it today. Like this is awful. But then, you know, I did. And then, it's, now, if something happens, it's like, okay, I am going to yeah. make it through. I just have to let let it pass. Yeah. I just got to, you know, do what I can, but it's it's not up to me how things are going to pan out or how it's going to go, but I got to be able to kind of roll with the punches with whatever life throws at you. Roll so with the punches. Roll with punches. It's that's, so much easier than trying to fight everything. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. All right, Melissa, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was great. And hopefully it will. Uh, reach people who need to hear everything, you know, that you shared with us. And thank you for sharing your story. I know it's, it's hard for us to do, um, Mm -hmm. but it's a brave thing to do. So I really appreciate it. It's not easy, but, you know, hopefully it does, you know, reach out to someone that someone hears my podcast or, you know, any of your podcasts and says, okay, these people can do it. Like, I can give it a try. You know, maybe, maybe I just need that little slither of hope of, someone else. And that's what we're here to, to put out into the universe is hope. So mm-hmm. thank you again, everybody. This is Remember Your Why.